hard-hitting questions coming out of yesterday. You know, I think one of them was uh, whether or not the horns down is going to be 15-yard penalty uh, in the SEC in the future. That it was very important to finish uh, and to collect the trophy and to win 10 games and win a game on New Year's Day and all those things. And uh, believe me, we had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. I said in my press conference back in December that I didn't feel like there was anything at South Carolina that we lacked to be a championship program, that we had everything that we needed. I am even more convinced of that now after being there for seven months. So there's a report in the Houston Chronicle that, that Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> War Eagle. Feels good to say that. Uh, All right. <clears throat> I didn't even remember that 12 years ago, but now that you say that, because I believe there was something about someone didn't have Tebow first team All-SEC. And as usual, I was accused of that. So <laughs> I brought my ballot to, to show everyone, to show Urban. Um, so, Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast, Hail State. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brennan. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And back by popular debate by Cousin Shane. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, just uh, living life over here, feeling good. We're about midpoint of the week here. Looking forward to uh, this great slate of games we got this weekend. What about you? Yeah, you sound rough, man. You sound like that DB. I got ran over by Stoop Connor there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh, like it. Trust you, me. I'm, I'm, oh, uh, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm down on over here, but uh, – I'm still feeling good enough to get through a pod. So, hey, I'm showing up, man. That's right, man. Well, I appreciate the effort, brother, and ready to get in some game action. Well, hey, before we get to that, uh, of course, we got to mention the the sponsors, HelloFresh.com. Head on over to HelloFresh.com slash SECMike14 for up to 14 free meals, courtesy of our friends, HelloFresh. And prize picks, the uh, fantasy sports, that's going really well. So head on over to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code SEC to get uh, up to $100 initial deposit match from our friends, prize picks. But man, Shane, uh, on the last episode, I'm so damn fired up for this Arkansas <laughs> Texas game. And uh, we don't have much on it on this episode, but did you see there? I shared it with you in our text thread, but. Uh, I believe this was a first Baptist church here in the state of Arkansas. <laughs> They've got their message board there, Shane. It's got a real nice proverb on it. But then at the end, it says, Be Texas! <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's not unique to Arkansas. I just want to give them some love for that because uh, we yeah. all know I'm a big Razorback homer. But that's just, I mean, that sums up why we got a dang SEC podcast. You know what? Absolutely, man. And there's a lot of Texas listeners, too, and you ain't in the family yet. So until then, it's <laughs> horns down, baby. 
<laughs> well, one other matchup we do got, Shane. Really looking forward to this one. Kentucky, Missouri. So are you ready to go around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. You know, this is not a democracy. Everybody doesn't get what to do what they want to do. Everybody doesn't get to do what they feel like doing. Um, you got to buy in and do what you're supposed to do to, um, you know, be a part of the team and do the things you need to do in practice every day. Uh, sense of urgency, play fast, execute, do your job. You know, guys on the sidelines sitting there pouting. Um, you know, I, I can't stand that either. You know, sit there and pout on a sideline. Um, I, you know, because that's the ultimate and selfish. You know, well, the last play didn't go my way, so I feel so bad. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody thinks, well, you're a tough person when you do that. Nobody thinks that. What they do is they point at you and laugh, and then they nudge their buddy and, hey, you see that guy for this team over there on the sideline? And, 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 and they, they, you know, they'll use words like wimp, although they'll use other ones too that I think are even better words with regard to uh, describing what I'm witnessing at times. We see you as a tough, hard-nosed, boring football coach. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Who says that? I think Arkansas was an underdog in every game last year, and I know you guys don't worry I about it. I know we were, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, some uh, terrific stats here, Shane, before we start uh, breaking down this matchup. But uh, this comes courtesy of uh, John Clay. He racked up. From 2013 to 2020, mm -hmm. the uh, matchups here between Missouri and Kentucky, 2013, Missouri won 48-17. Mm. 2014, Missouri won 20-10. 2015, Kentucky 21-13. 2016, Kentucky won 35-21. 2017, Kentucky won 40-34. 2018, Kentucky won 15-14. 2019, Kentucky won 29-7. And then in last season, 2020, Missouri won 20-10. to And I, the, the only reason I threw out all those damn numbers, Shane, I know you're not a numbers guy. In the Mark, <laughs> in the Mark Stoops era, that equates to all those numbers. 177 points for Kentucky, 177 points for from Missouri, a dead even tie. How incredible is that numbers? And it just goes to show, you know, how close this series has been in, in recent seasons. Dude, you, you you felt me drifting there for a minute, didn't you? <laughs> but I figured I'd yeah. bring you back with that one. <laughs> hey, man, we we know that this is a tough game. You think about a few of them out there that are this tight. I'd like a, like a Florida LSU. You know, mm -hmm. it's just one of those that it, you could just throw out the the record books. It doesn't matter. These two teams are going to play each other tough as hell. Uh, it's at the start of the season, and it's, this is the big game. A lot of people don't realize it, but this is a big game because it's going to set the tone for the SEC East, man. Yeah, no, you know, we've been hearing from uh, these fans all offseason, both Kentucky and Missouri. They think they belong in the upper echelon of the SEC East this season. And really, I don't really see a way that uh, the loser of this game has any shot at winning the division or or even mm -hmm. probably finishing in the top three. Would you agree with that? No, I agree. This is this is a must win. I know it sounds crazy week two, but this that's where these two programs are at. I I, I 
I don't think the East is going to have a one-loss program. I, I'm I'm that confident in the Georgia Bulldogs, but right. um, you know, I, I I think if there's anybody that's on the fringe, it's the Gators, uh, and then it's one of these two teams. Um, I mean, that's that's where we're at right now, and and all, all you're doing is you're just waiting. It's any given Saturday, man. And if you drop a game this weekend and you run the – it doesn't matter because you ain't getting in. And they're not going to be any college football playoffs coming. You have to play a perfect season. And that starts in week two with these boys. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, adding a level of intrigue to this matchup, Shane, of course, I just went over how close this thing has been. But Missouri, of course, went out and got Steve Wilkes from the NFL. Kentucky mm-hmm. went out and got Liam Cohen from the NFL. So – now we've got an NFL flavor to this matchup, and mm-hmm. Liam Cohen. I know he was not the full-time coordinator there with the Rams, but he did. He was on staff with the Rams when they faced Steve Wilkes, I believe, two yeah. times, maybe even three times, uh, there in the NFL. So it they certainly should have a feel for one another. Uh, I believe the Rams won all those matchups, but again, that doesn't mean much for a Saturday's action, but. I get, I, I'm just fascinated to see, uh, you know, Cohen's offense. We're, we're all loving it after what they did against ULM. But obviously the competition gets a lot stiffer. And the same for Steve Wilkes. I mean, nine sacks. They were all over the field against Central Michigan. Now it's a true test with uh, going on the road to the Kentucky Wildcats. So uh, this right here is – man, I love this uh, Texas-Arkansas. I think that's, you know, a game I'm really looking forward to. But – Obviously, this Kentucky-Missouri's got a lot more importance here when it comes to the SEC. So, uh, it's kind of like 1A, 1B here for me. These these two games are – I just cannot wait to see what happens. Oh, it's going to be great, man. And, and I think there, there, there were – I think you, you watch it. I, I felt like Mizzou tried to hold a little bit back for this week. I felt like Kentucky tried to do the same thing. Um, I, I just – I don't know. It, it, they know how significant this game is. And, and, you know, when you think of Kentucky and Mizzou, it's not like the ones your grandparents grew up to, man. This It's not the haves and have-nots anymore. Ever since we've had these media deals come out and you're looking at this huge deal with Disney right around the corner, I mean, the, these guys are loaded. And the universities know what pays the bills. And and you're finally starting to see some of these – these coaches that are getting hired, like you said, uh, some of these assistants, you know, they're just they're freeing up money because they know they got to gear up for a good product, and that's what I like, man. It's just it just feels like it's uh, getting closer together, the SEC, not further apart, mm-hmm. right, other than Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, uh, let's kick it over to uh, Mark Stoopshade, where uh, he previews this Missouri matchup and. Uh, you know, I thought this was really interesting because uh, he's not a guy that, uh, you know, he, he generally keeps things pretty close to the vest, but no mm-hmm. mistake was made last season. Missouri out Kentucky. He admits uh, Eli Drinkwitz and company, they had their team much more mm-hmm. ready to play in this matchup. And uh, yeah. Mark Stoops makes a promise here in his uh, first media availability of the week. Last year, they were pretty physical. Missouri was, with you guys seem like it, it looked uncharacteristic almost. I know there's some extenuating circumstances obviously with your, on your end, but Rich, from what you saw this week, do you think that you'll be able to take that? You know. A, no, I think your observations are very fair and very in and, and correct. I, I didn't like the way uh, we were. Uh, 
you know, they played more physical than us, you know, a year ago, and uh, that is uncharacteristic, and and uh, I, I don't particularly like that, and uh, so, you know, we need to be much more physical this year. Mark, Missouri new defensive coordinator with Steve Wilkes, guy has NFL experience. What do you see from him? Yeah, they're they're aggressive. They're uh, they were they were heavy dose of man coverage in this first game and very aggressive and a bunch of guys at the line of scrimmage. So we're going to have to win some one on ones. That's for sure. We're going to be have to play physical, um, and we're going to have to win some one on one battles. But uh, very aggressive defense, very much uh, crowding the line of scrimmage. So we've we've got to we've got to beat some man coverage. We need to play with that mentality, and we certainly need to play with it this week, as it was just pointed out in here. His team was more physical than us a year ago, and we don't like to play that way. Mark, you guys have held the upper hand on Missouri for quite a few games tonight. It seemed like they were really motivated to, to kind of put that aside. Do you sense that this is kind of a good rivalry in, in, in both directions? I sense that they were much more prepared to play last week, year than we were, and that's on me. you know. And so um, I could promise you that's not going to happen again. Mark, what are the challenges of Yeah, Connor is a very good player. We know very well. I have great respect for him. He came in last year and just did a, a remarkable job. I thought he was extremely poised. He, he has that uh, ability uh, to create space when he needs to and keeping his eyes down the field and extending plays. And, you know, just he's one of those guys that, that are very good, that are, you know, aggravating to a defense, you know, does what he has to do, whether he has to scramble by time, move in the pocket, scramble for a first down, you name it, he'll do what he has to do. But uh, very good player. All right, Shane, so how about it? I mean, my God, I've <laughs> never seen Mark Stoops come out here and, and, you know, make this kind of a vow here, uh, looking forward to not only any game, but uh, the SEC opener. So uh, I don't know about you, but that really opened my eyes. I mean, what's opened my eyes, Mike, is is just the fan base this week. I mean, it's ever since they saw that they could, they've got a quarterback that can throw more than twenty yards down the field. Man, the Twitter boards have been lighting up. <laughs> the Kentucky fan base is hungry, and uh, I love that man. And then you got Mizzou sitting over there too. Don't don't get me wrong; they haven't been quiet either, but. I think they're out to prove that they belong in the SEC East, that they prove that they that they can actually compete with the big boys. So I, I you hear it with the head coach, you you hear it with the fan base. I just I just love it. We sent out that uh that question earlier, you know, if you could uh summarize your team with a with a gift, what would it be? And you'd be it blew my mind just how many Kentucky fans are on cloud nine right now and they should be, uh, because they finally got a balanced product. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to the other side, Shane. Let's go to uh, Columbia, where uh, obviously not as clean of a victory as you would have wanted against Central Michigan at home last week, just a 10-point mm-hmm. win. But, you know, as cliche as it is, what do they? all these coaches say? They make the greatest stride on the second week of the season. Uh, you know, this will obviously be the first road game of the season for Missouri. It's expected to be a sellout crowd from what I understand there. Uh, in Lexington, so they're going to have their hands full in this matchup. But uh, mm-hmm. I would anticipate most people are going to be picking Kentucky, probably just based mm-hmm. on the fact that this one is at Kentucky, if, if nothing else, because uh, this looks on paper to be such an even matchup. But uh, how much does Missouri stand to gain here, Shane, where, you know, if they pull off, I don't even want to call it an upset, but just, you know, get the win on the road 
And uh, then all of a sudden, their schedule, this this is the toughest game they have on the early part of the season. And, and you really can build some momentum here with a, with a win on the road, don't you think? Yeah, I think this one's big. I think it's I think it's bigger for Mizzou because, like you said, the rest of their schedule here the next few weeks, they can really make a run at it and, and wouldn't be surprised if they're a top 25 team here in the next week or two. Yeah, I, That's just where I think they're on the cusp of being. So I, I it's, one thing that you did bring up is talking about the, the spread and, who, you know, who they favor and everything like that. It, this one's a tough one, Mike. I always like to make my lock of the weeks early in the week before the spread really starts changing. And, and I'm looking at this game, and I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, my $100 is getting nowhere near it. <laughs> and the fan bases are probably really happy about that. But I just – I'm telling you, man, you talk about a damn coin toss. And, and what's awesome about this is both fans expect to win. So it, that means whoever loses this game is going to be extra upset because they never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this uh, definitely could be the makings of a magical season here <laughs> for whoever wins. And and you mentioned the fans being on cloud nine. I cannot wait to see uh, what level they go to Saturday night if you know whichever <laughs> side wins it. But uh, let's kick it over to uh, Eli Drickwood Shane on uh, the Kentucky offense. He's obviously very impressed with what they got cooking down there in Lexington on uh, the importance of this game in the SEC East standings. And, uh, you know, he gives a lot of praise here to Mark Stoops and everything he's built. And I would imagine, you know, it's a little bit of a blueprint of uh, what he's trying to accomplish there in Columbia. I know it's one game, but how different was the offense you saw out of Kentucky than, than what you saw last year when they kind of had the reputation to protect the ball and, and run it a lot? I had 560 yards, I think, and 420 of them through the air. I think last year they had – 35 total plays maybe, you know, and maybe 35 through the air. So totally different style, totally different feel, um, executed at a high level. Uh, shifts, motions, formation, yeah, vertical shots, uh, intermediate uh, middle field throws, quick game, got the whole – the only thing that's a surprise to me is how quickly they've gotten it to where they're at. You know, sometimes when you come in as a new offensive coordinator, it makes such a drastic change. It's kind of hard to get it in that quickly, but I mean they're they're humming on all cylinders right now, and and uh, obviously it helps when you add some great players like they've been able to add. You know, every game is important, obviously, but Kentucky and Missouri, who's ever won this game, has always finished higher than the other one. Just it makes sense. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the, relative to this division and where your programs are, just how big is this game? They're all big. I mean, they're all big. Um, you know, I. Obviously, last year was a big game for us uh, because we hadn't beaten them in five years. And I think getting that uh, off of our chest was good. I, I think it's um, – I mean, Coach Stoops has been there for 10 years. 10 years. Recruited at a really high level and developed his players. Um, so to try to make a comparison, us and them right now, I think is a little bit soon. I think we – got to control who we are. We got to do what we need to do, go on the road. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody's season ends after week two, regardless of how it plays out. I think it's a big test for us uh, on who we want to be and how we want to perform and what what we want to do on the road, which we didn't play particularly well last year on the road. I think we had one road win. 
So I think for us, it's more about a test to see how much we've grown and developed. I don't look at it as this is a, a, a whether where Kentucky's program versus Missouri's program is. Uh, I think that's making it probably a little bit too big. Um, I think it's a big test for us on the road uh, to play in front of an SEC crowd early in the season. And we're going to find out all kinds of issues that we got to get fixed. We're going to find out how much improvement we made from week one. When, when you talk about Mark Stoops, though, yeah. what do you really respect about maybe the way he goes about his business, his coaching style, and things like well, I think he had a plan, um, and he's executed his plan since he's been there, which started with recruiting. Uh, there was an article the other day about how well he's done recruiting the state of Kentucky, which, um, you know, obviously I think starts first. And then he's he's expanded that and recruited more of a, a, a Midwest team instead of always going down. He's identified areas that can help them. He does a great job in Florida, but he also recruits – uh, Detroit really well, Michigan really well, uh, some of the Big Ten areas. Um, and so he's he knows who he is and who he's recruiting. And then you look at his team and, and the way they have developed players. I mean, five drafted players last year. Um, they're always fundamentally sound. They don't beat themselves. They're in a lot of football games. Um, he's got a great record in one-score games, um, you know, where – you. That to me is when you, as a coach, really got a coach, right? It's one-score football games, and, and uh, he does a really nice job in those. And, and so you can tell he's got an overall sense of how the game's going to play out in offense, defense, and special teams. I think he's made bold moves, you know, obviously last year, changing the offense and looking at what that's been. Uh, you know, he started out spread wide open when he was there, and then uh, after Neil left, kind of raked it back down in, controlled the clock, played great defense, kept himself in games. Won 10 games, I think, a couple years ago. Was playing in late November to win the East. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, second longest tenured coach in the SEC. Uh, that's hard to do, man. I mean, it's about two years and we get shipped out of here. So he's done a heck of a job. All right, Chad. So, I, you know, one thing, and we know Drinkowitz is such a uh, clever guy. It seems to be that uh, whenever one of these coaches, you know, just goes on and on to praise the other one, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's just me, but it's, I almost feel like in the back of their mind, they know they got him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think we saw that. I'm not saying that's exactly how it's going to play out this year, but uh, they got him last year, Drinkowitz did, and, and maybe he's got something cooked up to where he thinks he, he's got an edge in this matchup. Again, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think he. I think that's what I'm thinking is the vanilla, the vanilla playbook that they used last week that they got away. Like, I mean, they almost got caught, man. They almost got caught with their pants down, but they got through there and they didn't have to show too much. They just, you know, they got to lean on the running game and and, and pulled away with the victory. So, yeah, I, I can see that, man. I when you hear these coaches talk like that, you think of saving and. Talking about you know UT Chattanooga or something, <laughs> talking about how <laughs> how great the fan base is and blah blah blah. When when you know it just feels like they gotta say something like that. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you know Eli Drinkwitz, and, and let's let me get this started. Okay, it's Drinkwitz, right? I I've always said Drinkwitz, but it's Drinkwitz, right? Yeah, it's it's a struggle for me not to say that a. I, I want to include it, so. But I'm going to tell you, man. If you've watched Drinkwitz, like I, I know this personality, 
And you know, there's the there's the press conference, Eli, and I guarantee there's a total opposite. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I guarantee <laughs> when he's in the locker room, man, he's letting these boys know that Kentucky doesn't deserve to breathe the air that they're in, you know? So <laughs> that's the kind of attitude that they're gonna have coming in here. They're not overlooking the Wildcats by no means. But I guarantee you, Eli is letting the boys know how important and crucial this game is, and they don't deserve to have a four-point spread by no means. All right, Shane, let's uh, kick it on down to the other Columbia in the East, South Carolina, where, again, we've got uh, another very interesting game here. This kind of reminds me, a little bit of the uh, Tennessee Pitt matchup. Of course, uh, South Carolina's on the road in this one at East Carolina. And you talk about the spread. You know, so many Gamecocks just floored, and I think they probably should be, but they're floored that uh, the Pirates favored at home <laughs> by, and it's not by like a one or two. I think it's up to four at this point. And I know. You know, these coaches like to pretend they don't see the spread or they don't react to it or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I think this is the perfect opportunity for Shane Beamer to, hell, I'd put it on every board in there and say, what in the hell, boys? We're we're SEC, <laughs> and they've got us underdogs to East freaking Carolina. Uh, any sense do you think that that will motivate uh, South Carolina to, to show, you know, East Carolina what's up? Yeah, not not, not just the players, but the fans. Yeah, I, I think that's the big one, man. Where's this game? Is this game going to be held at East Carolina? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. That's the only only thing I, I was going to say, but I still – I wouldn't be surprised if half the stadium isn't guarded, you know. These these mm-hmm. these, fam, these fans, these players, they, they are excited coming off this first victory. This was a big win for them, man, and I think they build off that and – and to come out and have East Carolina favored, man, that's just a slap in the face. And I'm telling you right now, you you compare these rosters, even though South Carolina is banged up at the moment, it's not even close. So this, I, I think they use this as fuel all week. If I know Beamer comes out, and he's going to say all the the right things, but I guarantee, similar to Eli, when them doors are shut, he's letting them know that the Pirates are favored. Good God, get that out of here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the water boy could be the quarterback. They're gonna win this thing, Mike. <laughs> well, speaking of that uh, quarterback position, uh, Shane Beamer did meet with the media here on Tuesday and gave a little update on Luke Doty. He says Kevin Harris is going to play in this matchup. Ooh. He was asked about the uh, the workload for his star running back. So let's uh, kick it over to Shane Beamer. Shane, I know, obviously, like Mike said, I know we're not getting into the starters, but when you look at Luke and his progression, what is it that you need to see from him, just period, to see that he's full go, ready to go, go play a game, maybe in the next three days or however long it takes? You know, what are the things that you look for to see that he's, you know, good to run out there on a Saturday? You know, for me, it's one that can he run out there. I mean, Luke can throw the football, don't get me wrong, but Luke's a weapon with his feet as well. And if a guy's, I mean, East Carolina, I mean, you guys are going to see on Saturday, I mean, they can fly on defense. I mean, one thing they can do is they can run. And um, we don't need anybody out there that can't get themselves out of trouble and run around and, and move, uh, for one. And then, two, I think just the the uh, tempo, the crispness that you need to be at that position. I mean, he's he practiced today. He did more today than he has in the past. But there's a difference in – being out there and throwing 
routes to the receivers without a defense and going out there and doing it against 11 guys um, in front of 50,000 on Saturday. So it's just the timing, all that stuff. You know, I've got to be able to see that he can operate at a high level, uh, which I have no doubt, you know, he'll be able to when he's ready and uh, get himself out of trouble and run uh, when he's ready as well. But, you know, he was out there in football, you know, uniform today and wasn't wearing the boot obviously I mean he was he was out there and uh like I think he just told you guys I mean he fully expects to be 100 percent on um on Saturday and we feel the same way Shane do you guys have a plan to to manage Kevin's workload on Saturday yeah good question um we haven't talked about it it was it's actually on my as soon as I walk out of here and I walk in there with the offensive staff it's on my to-do list one of the things that we need to discuss to discuss in that meeting because you know we we first of all there we haven't been told any kind of limit on his workload first of all so there's not an issue on how many plays he could play uh he could play 70 plays if we needed him to uh now he's got to be in cardio shape and all that which i have every doubt or have no doubt that he will be uh but part of the thing that we want to talk about is certainly you know how we're going to handle these running backs and what we're thinking you know rep wise and rotation wise as we go throughout the week. I mean, Rashad Amos was out last week and, and has been battling a little bit of a hamstring and wasn't 100%. Rashad's back if we needed him. So, I mean, I feel like we got the four that the four that we – the three that played last week plus now Kevin coming back and then potentially Rashad as well. And, and a lot of it, like I told you all a lot before, is is uh, personnel-specific and play-specific play who's in the game. Uh, so they'll all have roles on Saturday, but you know we need to make sure that we're kind of honed in on on how we're repping those guys and rotating those guys through. All right, Shane. So yeah, I don't know what to read into all this. Maybe a little gamesmanship here by Shane Beamer, but uh, you know it does favor the Gamecocks again that uh, East Carolina has no idea whether Luke Doty's going to see the field. Uh, for the for what it's worth, on the depth chart they released, he's listed as uh, you know for the first time this season he's on the depth chart. He's he's listed as. Uh, a co-starter along with uh, Zeb Nolan, who played so well in the opener. Uh, so, hey, like I said, maybe some gamesmanship, making East Carolina mm-hmm. prepare for for all uh, you know circumstances here. But uh, I just found that to be kind of interesting. And uh, again, I think based on what we saw from Zeb Nolan, I I don't know you you rush Luke Doty out here, but but then again, this is such a critical game. I think for the Gamecocks, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if Beamer can get these boys to a bowl, you know, that's that's a win, Mike. And you do that by getting six games. And you do that mm-hmm. by beating teams like East Carolina. So, yeah, this is a mm-hmm. big one. You, you, I know it sounds crazy, but you'd almost rather them sit some of these guys in a Georgia game than you would uh, one of these bubble <laughs> teams that they're they're supposed to win or, or 50-50. I, yeah, I'm just – I'm playing devil's advocate here. I think it's huge news that these guys haven't been ruled out. So I'm not ruling them out either, Mike, because, man, roster spots are valuable. You can't just when – you, when you put somebody out there, man, you're taken away from something else. So uh, don't be surprised if Kevin gets a heavy that, – That's I, I, I think Doty's more of a Trojan horse, if you will, but uh, I, I'm expecting a hell of a game from Kevin, aren't you? Well – Come on, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I just – I feel it. Don't you feel it? I just like what you're saying ghost. there, but uh, I would almost – I mean, we, we've talked about it before. I'd almost save Kevin Harris for Georgia because you're going to need him. But I yeah. 100 I 100% agree with what you said about this uh, 
you know, being a one of those games that you need to get to a bowl game because, mm-hmm. you know, all the momentum they've got there in Columbia. If they lose to East Carolina, it's not going to kill it all, but it but it'll really really put a dent in it. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. if you whoop up on East Carolina. It doesn't matter what happens in Georgia. I don't think that anyone's going to hold it against Shane Beamer. But if you lose that East Carolina, I don't know. It's again, it's just yeah. I, it's a it's a perception hit because South Carolina should never lose to East Carolina. And I'm not saying that if if it happens, it's on Shane Beamer because he inherited right. uh, the situation he's got. But uh, there's almost uh, there's a lot to lose and uh, not as much to gain this week. If I'm a Gamecock, I feel like. Dude, and not to mention Beamer, if he can recruit the Carolinas, you know what I'm saying? They'll be okay. So mm-hmm. you do that by beating the teams of the Carolinas. Here you got Clemson lost one. Let's let's the Pirates lose another one. Let's let South Carolina be the team people are talking about. The Carolinas. You do that by mm-hmm. beating these guys. Yeah, no, a minor subplot. I don't know if this has any motivation or not, but uh, I did hear a couple of years ago Beamer interviewed for East Carolina head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it, so you know, you know, he wants this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you want to go any deeper, Kevin Harris. No, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I was going to make something <laughs> up. He hates swimming pools and pirates. You know, <laughs> this recurring nightmare as a young kid. So don't be surprised if Karen Harris, Kevin Harris doesn't have 200 yards against these guys. All right, Shane. Next, let's uh, kick it all day to Starkville. Where uh, you know Mississippi State, <laughs> I'm loving uh, the pirate. We've we've got a more animated pirate this uh, season. He's getting very interesting with his pressers, but uh, uh, you know even he notes they you know they were whooping up on uh, Louisiana Tech, and then he says they basically quit in the middle of the game, and then there in the fourth quarter they decided to start whipping uh, the <laughs> Tech once again. So it was pretty interesting how that game played out. But uh, you know this is a huge important game here. Uh, against NC State, who just destroyed South Florida in the opener. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this is one that, uh, you know, given the fact that the point spread came out, it's a pick em type game. I've yeah. seen a lot of people a- anticipate NC State to win this game. I'm not saying that I agree with that. But, uh, you know, this is a, another hugely important game this week, don't you think? Absolutely, Mike. I mean, I mean, people were talking about last week uh, that Mississippi State got lucky there at the tail end of this thing, but it shouldn't have been that way. And you and I and the listeners know that Mississippi State should have won that game easily. And, uh, you know, I think the big thing is it's it's the Pirates' second year. And, you know, your sophomore seasons, that there's expectations when it comes to that, that job. And expectations at Mississippi State at any SEC school should to beat uh, these ACC squads, uh, you know, short of Clemson, you know, you should, shouldn't have a problem, but I'm telling you, NC state's a good ball club and, uh, Mississippi state, this is a good tune up for they get in, uh, in SEC play. Mm-hmm. And uh, good news for the Bulldogs, Malik Heath, the receiver, he'll be back for this matchup. Uh, Mike Leach has said, and how about this uh, stat, Shane? I had no idea, but, uh, you know, after last weekend's comeback win versus Louisiana Tech, we all know, you know, biggest comeback in Mississippi State history. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach also has the biggest comeback win in Texas Tech history and the biggest comeback win in Washington <laughs> State history. So, uh, you know, pretty fascinating. And I, I think it's just a just another feather in Mike Leach's uh, cap that uh, he is one hell of a football coach. You know what? 
Man, he loves history so much. He didn't know he was making it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, it, that's something he talked about, these fourth-quarter comebacks of, at face at NC mm-hmm. State. And this was gold. Uh, you know, he, I, Apparently, he knows everybody on the staff, but uh, he was asked about that, and, and I just thought this was a terrific uh, comment. Back to kind of what you saw on film, was there anything different <clears throat> that Will Rogers did in that fourth quarter that he wasn't doing in the second, third quarter? Yeah, he relaxed. He relaxed. He quit pressing. He quit trying to force things. I mean, because he did the same thing that our whole team did. And the thing that was kind of different about this experience is our whole team, it's almost like they thought with the same brain, Um, you know, because it wasn't like a lot of times there will be like one phase is doing one thing, one phase is doing the other. That wasn't the case with us. I mean, it it was like literally the same. And so... You know, I mean, it's kind of like the same offensive lineman you see getting him hit or the same ones uh, mowing him down and giving him a long time to throw that fourth quarter, you know. And the fourth quarter is when everybody's supposed to be tired. But, you know, hey, they're 22 years old. When I was 22, I never got tired. So, I mean, we like to talk about it. But uh, when I was that age, I didn't get tired. And at least relatively speaking, I mean, some of you young folks in here, you don't know what tired is. And um, so uh, I think that um, no, I, we the, the biggest the biggest thing is is, is the motivation and the thing with uh, football you have to do it together and so then they call it execution, um, and then uh, and that's the thing is everybody's got to do it together simultaneously and then and it was it was like a switch I mean you know I mean the the one of the best. Uh, <clears throat> Examples of the whole thing was we start out the game, Tulu gets a long kickoff return because a bunch of people are getting their blocks. Okay, so then after that on the kickoff returns, they're stuffing him inside the 20 because, you know, on each play there would be like three guys that decide, well, this one just doesn't matter as much and maybe the other guy will make a play. And then on the last one when we really needed it, we got a bunch of blocks. And so, I mean, so – you know, I mean, it's a pretty good contrast to how it works when everybody does their job and how it works when people don't, so. Hey Mike, um, NC State team coming in here that obviously played very well last week, got a ton of rushing on, it was like 268, had a nearly good under center. Just based on what, what you've seen from that, what problems on either side of the ball could they pose to, to your group, and how confident are you in your guys' chances against them, considering where you guys are at uh, so far this season? Well, we definitely have to get better this week. They're a good team. Uh, I think on defense they run to the ball well. I think they play with uh, you know, a lot of enthusiasm. The other thing, they got quite a bit of experience back. Um, so, you know, we just got to play well. I mean, NC State's going to do whatever they do, and we just have to focus on ourselves and uh, be the best team that we can be out there. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's all we really have control over. I mean, they're – you know, so if, if 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 we do our job the best we can, I mean that uh, gives us the best chance. So, Coach uh, Ruffin McNeil and Brian Mitchell now on NC State staff worked on U Attack. What was it like working with those guys, and what's it going to be like coaching against them on Saturday? Well, I hadn't looked at it. I knew Ruff was there. I didn't know Brian was there too. I because I know, shoot, I know two thirds of that staff. Uh, well, I, you know, it'd be good to it'd be good to see him for like thirty seconds. That's about what you get. Everybody, 
<clears throat> one of the most popular questions, and I'm sure most of you guys have answered it or asked it. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, this isn't just some uh, wistful uh, walk down memory, memory lane. I mean, maybe it would be if you if you didn't have the pressure of a football game. It'd be great. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, heck, take them all over Starkville. Hey, Brian Ruff, wait till you see this. I mean. You know, have you ever had one of these? You know, I mean, uh, trouble is, is it's uh, it's kind of 30 seconds in passing. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How's the family? You know, oh, really? Your son's there now. You know, I mean, it's uh, kind of that stuff, you know. So, and then it's, uh, and then you're pretty preoccupied with the problems the other team's presenting out there on the field and you're trying to solve them. All right, Shade, so you, the Pirates keeping it real on this one. You know what? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You know, I'll tell you, though, the Pirate doesn't want comebacks. He wants blowouts. That's that's right. the records he's shooting for. But uh, it, it is kind of funny. You can, you can almost hear the wheels turning up there. <laughs> all right, Shade, so uh, that's actually all I got on this episode. You got anything else uh, before we hop off the line? No, man, I know you're a little under the weather, but I appreciate you putting all this stuff together and, and hanging out with me, man. Uh, it, it, week one is in the books, brother, and I'm telling you what, it was fantastic from start to finish. Let me ask you, because uh, it's been a while. I mean, we, we broke down the games and stuff, but I want to mm-hmm. ask you a question. Week one, who was your biggest winner? Hmm. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, the biggest winner, man, you got me stumped here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably should have warmed you up. There's no wrong answer, Mike. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to make one of 14 really happy and you're going to piss everybody else off. So, <laughs> How about, you know, one of the biggest winners for me is, uh, Ole Miss. Maybe it's just, okay. uh, you know, we just got done watching them play. But uh, it looks like they've got, again, everybody said, well, look who they were playing. Louisville sucks, they may, they, and they very well may. But uh, it at, at no point did Ole Miss defense make anyone look like they suck last year. So that was yeah. huge. And uh, the one that, uh, you know, I've been calling the biggest wild card here in the SEC, and again, we can mock their competition all we want, but Kentucky, Kentucky – now has the forward pass in their game. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not sitting here. I've seen – I've already started to see it. It's ridiculous. You know, people comparing this Will Levis to Joe Burrow. That's – come on, let's let's pump the brakes. I mean, Joe Burrow is one of the greatest <laughs> of all time. But right. he, doesn't, he doesn't need to be that because Kentucky's so dominant on the ground game. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of these passes he's hitting that were big plays in the opener were on first down. And that's because yeah. people are so terrified of Kentucky's running game that they kind of have to stack that box. They don't have to respect mm-hmm. the pass. So I'm going to be, you know, fascinated to see how Missouri tries to defend this thing because it's uh, it really looks to be pick your poison with Kentucky's offense. So my answer to that would be Kentucky and Ole Miss at this point. I love it. I love it. And let me follow it up with one more question. And I'm not going to say disappointed because there's a lot of things we could be disappointed about week one, but we got college football, baby, and I'm excited that it's on our TV. But I will ask you this. Out of all the programs that you may be a little disappointed in, is there one that you see to bounce back the quickest? 
who do you expect to bounce back week two that maybe had a little sluggish start? Maybe they get in the game one jitters out, but number two, you expect them to hit the ground running. Who's your who's your bounce back team this week, Mike? Yeah, I could go two d- different directions here, and I think you're going to like this, Shane. Tennessee and Ooh. Arkansas. I mean, both of them. You know, the fans are a little uh, antsy about what they saw week one, but uh, with a win here in week two, I think that calms all the nerves and it and it sets, uh, you know, maybe some people have low expectations for those two. If they get these wins here this weekend, I think it's all gravy uh, from here on out. I think they'll exceed uh, the expectations that uh, other people have for them. Oh, Mike, you know how to get me. You know how to get me, brother. <laughs> oh well, brother. I again, I appreciate you you, you weathering the the storm here and, and getting on. Uh, I look forward to previewing a few more games with you this week. And uh, man, it's it's just right around the corner. So it, it it already feels like it's starting to slip away, Mike. You know, <laughs> it's always hard. You you wait for that first game, and now you're one in. You're like, oh man, how many we got left? <laughs> so I'm pumped up, man. I appreciate you jumping on. Absolutely, and I appreciate each and every one of you for checking us out. And thank you, Shane, for joining me as always. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols.